Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast. Josh, it's election week in the United States of America. Uh, by this time, when people are listening to this, we, well, let's not kid ourselves, we're not going to know who's president until like January in this country, given like how things are going to go. I mean, there's going to be back and forth, back and forth. But it's actually a, a I don't know, a lot of people think it's going to be a, an extremely pivotal week, not only for us as a country, but I mean, there's a lot that rise, rise in every election, but it's going to be uh, super, I mean, I'm just trying to stay off Facebook and social media, man. It's just like, if I didn't have these businesses, and I think we've talked about this before, going on them is like, I, I just want to run into a wall headfirst reading some of these people, because people are so, and I, I appreciate passion. I appreciate passion, but I think you can <laughs> you can have passion and still behave like an adult. And, and maybe maybe the definition of an adult behavior is completely different now in 2020. I think that might be the case. I am seeing like the most ridiculous things these last couple of weeks, and it seems like every single day I see something that surprises me from adults that you – new or respected or, you know, some combination of those things at one point in your life. And this is one of those weeks that I think good or bad, it's going to be, it's going to go down into history in, in one sense or another. I'm not necessarily of the side. And I think you're as well that like we, we control our own destiny. doesn't matter who's president right now. Little, we have to make little adjustments and we have to evolve, but it doesn't matter. The next day we wake up and we still put in our effort. We do what we got to do and we make shit happen where that's not the case for most people. They don't think like that. They no. think just because one political party or another is elected, that means they're either going to have a really great four years or a really bad four years. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are, we've talked about COVID several times on this podcast and we've talked about the implications that COVID has had during like the first lockdown and is it political? Is it not political? Is it real? Is it not real? Um, and I think, you know, coming from the election, we'll get sort of more, I hope we get some clarity on, on what we're going to happen, but you know, I'm sure you've seen this too, but over the weekend, a big thing happened over in England, right? So prime minister, I believe that's what you call him, right? Um, over in, in the UK announced that they're going to go do a, a month long lockdown. They're shutting down the country starting Basically, when this podcast drops on a Thursday, um, the country will be locked down for a month. Just came out, uh, I don't know, a couple hours ago that they expect this to actually fully extend into 2021. So it'll actually be longer than a month. And then I would assume, I mean, that's kind of like the, a benchmark or something that potentially could come this way. And there's been rumblings of a second wave. And obviously, if you are paying attention to hospitalizations of COVID, those are increased. Okay, so the number of cases that tested positive have increased because we have more tests, more people are getting tested. But I think the concerning number is the more the, the people that have been admitted to a hospital, and those numbers have increased. And that's kind of where the, the issue comes. So really, not to you know dwell on COVID or talk about COVID for too long, but a second wave could be detrimental to a lot, especially our space. I mean, gyms, for instance, they, f they fought <laughs> super hard to pay their bills and to stay open, and I don't have no idea – how some of the gyms that are currently still open, how much debt that they're probably in. Um, but what, you know, I want to talk about today, what does a second wave, what does a second lockdown shutdown potentially mean to our space and how can people prepare for it? And I'll say this, if you haven't already prepared for it and it's November, you might have already lost the battle. Like you should have been preparing for this during the first lockdown. Josh, I think you've been a huge proponent of this. Like during that time, 
if you didn't have a contingency plan, you, you should have developed one. So if you just kind of coasted through COVID hoping that your PPP loan and, and things were just going to get better and, and that it wasn't going to happen again, I would – I don't know if I can put a, a percentage on it happening again, but I would – I feel now, given the fact that England has done it, there is a higher, high, higher likelihood today that we as a country could potentially face a second shutdown lockdown in certain states or nationwide given what's going on across the pond. Yeah, there's Europe seems to be leading that right now. Obviously, they do things a little bit different in those countries. They have different governments and, and things like that. So you have France um, and England and UK that seem to be going into full lockdown. You have, I think, Germany is rolling back some things. And then you're seeing that also in the states now. There's mm -hmm. a handful of states and a handful of cities that have rolled back some of their um, like opening up plans. So I think the prominent one this weekend was San Francisco, yep. but there is, I would say a lower, lower chance in the United States of us locking back down because I think we realize that that's not necessarily going to work. Um, there is way too much activity that still ends up kind of happening in that case. And I think it's, the cure is worse than uh, than the you know sickness type of a situation in that case. In that we've learned so much. I think that that's the key thing here, at least in the United States. I mean, we're extremely intelligent people. Um, we have a ton of you know new therapeutics. We have a ton of different things that we could do to um, you know, fend off some of this stuff. So hospitalizations going up don't necessarily kind of scare me as much as if like the death rate goes back mm -hmm. up now after we've learned so much. I think at that point, maybe something's mutated or something is a little bit different. Um, but I think for rolling this back away from just like the, the health side of this and towards the business side of it, um, I made a post um, today, yeah, which would be a couple of days, you know, um, around just how this is not a one-off. It's not going to be a one-off. And we are way too interconnected of a world that another pandemic is surely going to happen in both of our lifetimes, uh, probably multiple ones. Right. And we should be taking this time as a very important period, arguably one of the most important periods of our lives, and saying, how do we learn? How do we adapt? How do we evolve in everything we do from the way we respond to things, the way we have our businesses set up, the way we have our, you know, just every aspect of our lives needs to be considered through this lens. Not that we have to live through this every day, but that we have to have that in our back pocket to say, okay, if something like this happens again, we know how to handle this. Let's shift into wartime. Let's move, you know, back to this way of life. We'll grind through it a little bit, and then we'll we'll kind of move in a, the better direction. Because I don't think that it's not going to happen again. I don't think this is anywhere near this the biggest thing that's going to happen in our lifetime. So, for businesses, I think it's this point where you should be really taking this on as a learning opportunity. And, and to your point, you you should be have planned for this a long time. I mean, you got hit in the mouth the first time, and, and you know the government was lucky enough to hand you some money and, and help you out and make sure that you weren't on the floor for long. But be, is that going to happen again? Mm -hmm. I think it will happen again, but you shouldn't necessarily, you know, put all your trust in that. I think we've mentioned this on multiple you know, podcasts. If you're 
waiting on the government to help you out, you are in the worst position possible. You should be helping yourself mm. through this. This shouldn't be something where the government is going to come and save you. Will they end up saving some people or some industries? Yes. I think a lot of them, though, if you are a bar or you're a restaurant or a gym in a case, because those three seem to be bucketed all together as like the first to close. Yeah. Man, you're in trouble. You're going to be in trouble because they're not going to come and save you. They're going to sacrifice you to save a lot of the other bigger right. industries. And just especially on the food and bar restaurant type of thing, they're going to have you know you leaning on delivery or you leaning on some other things. The gym, unfortunately, for a lot of people, they don't have that to fall back on. Especially small gyms, they don't. It's not like they have partnerships with iFit or mm -hmm. you know some of these uh, connected fitness um, technologies. They can't do that now. The Gold's gyms, the 24-hour fitnesses, they can evolve over time, even though they didn't do it well enough in the right. first phase. But like at this point, they've had those months to like build up those relationships, figure out what they need to do long term. But if you're a small gym in whatever state, like, man, it's gonna be tough for you. You you mentioned early on that we kind of um, you know, we're responsible for our own success. I, I guess this is very true, but if you are a gym owner and they shut you down, that point. It's tough. I mean, you're still responsible for your own success, but at that point, you're kind of like you're getting kicked in the mouth again. And even you, like you said, you can't really if you're a small gym, like what do you do to prepare for a second lockdown? Honestly, I don't. I mean, you and I are both pretty smart people, I'd say. I don't even know what I would do. I mean, you could start trying to do like Facebook live stuff and, and things of that nature with classes. And, but people don't have the equipment at home. And it's like, are you going to compete against the beach bodies and all these other big conglomerates in the world? You're probably just not. So, you know, as much as we want to be nice on the podcast like if a second lockdown happens bye-bye i mean a lot of you are are, are out and it sucks and it, it's not good but i mean it's not just you it's like you look at some of the dietary supplement world too i mean that struggled during the first round of this um relied on government funding to do so like internet's still going to be there but if you don't have a strong d2c model and you're still strong brick and mortar and those stores shut down i mean those stores might not make it you might not make it so there's a lot that could that could ride on this and, and you know in terms of being in charge of your own success, I think it being election week, you know, we go to the polls and we elect the officials we want in charge. Those officials then, you know, basically are supposed to vote in what, you know, for us, the people. So could they potentially vote and move forward a, you know, a rollback or a second lockdown? They could. But to your point, Josh, I think we talked about this a couple episodes ago, too, is I think we've learned what it does when we shut things down to the economy. And we're already in like this crazy world to do that. More wouldn't make sense, I don't think, from either side. But that's, I mean, never say never. I don't know. I mean, I, I follow COVID slightly. Uh, my fiance is a nurse, so we talk about it. But, you know, I'm, and maybe it's me being ignorant, but I'm kind of over it. Like, I'm just like, all right, whatever. I'm sure I probably had it, you know, and people are probably listening to this and be like, how, how can you, like, why would you say something like that? I mean, I, come on, if it's as contagious as it's supposed to be, like, chances are many of us may have had it. We were asymptomatic and had no clue. And yes, we probably. You know, gave it to them, people that we were around, and kind of the kind of the you know the way it is. But you know, I sat and thought this week, and it's like, okay, well, if the UK is going to do this, is Canada going to do this, and and are some of the other countries? And if if like our 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 bordering countries, Canada, Mexico, decide to do something, does that impact us more here in the states to do something? I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take to do it. I hope that we don't, because I think that if we do, it's going to be. I think not only not only uh, our business is going to be impacted, but I mean we are in such a mental fragile state as a society the way it is. If they, you know, we some states just started getting stuff back, like North Carolina just got gyms back, and if you take that away, uh, it. I mean, you could talk about the rising number 
of, of like suicide hotline phone calls that have come in through COVID and, and actual the number of suicides and the number of just all these things that negative stuff that's going on. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think, you know, we can talk about the economic impact, but the mental impact, I think, from a consumer standpoint and from a people standpoint is even greater. A lot of that, I think, is a matter of people needing to shift their mindsets around what this actually is. Um, to me, this is more of like an endemic in a sense of like, this is a, the flu. It's going to be constantly happening in the sense of like mutations. And each year we have seasons that kind of it comes it comes up and up and down. So it's a matter of how do we live with this, um, even with a um, some type of vaccine like the flu is still around because you know there's a people that don't get the vaccine, mm -hmm. people that still get the vaccine and get maybe a different um, strain of the flu or, and different things that happen. So anybody that's like banking on some of these things, I don't think is the case. It's have we learned enough to you know do the right things in terms of um, some of the social elements, but also some of the medical elements to make it livable. I think that's where we have to kind of set our mindset at is that this is not something that ends and starts. It's that this is, we're going to live with it and you're going to have to go out and start to make those adjustments based around that reality. So if you are a gym, a small gym or, or one of these businesses, like a, a small supplement shop, you have to make every single change possible to adjust to the behaviors of today. If you're not able to do that, Unfortunately, you can no longer operate that business. Mm -hmm. Like it's one of the things where like life and death is going to happen in the business sense. Like, yeah. should we save every legacy business model? No, we shouldn't. It's not the case because why do you hang on to those things if the world has changed? You don't do that. So at this case, like you have to adjust. And if you're not able to adjust because maybe that's not what you want to do, or maybe you don't have the funds to do it or whatever reason it is, you have to just realize that maybe it's not possible anymore. You have to adjust. Maybe you have to go to another passion or you have to go and move this to something else because though that gym, like gym's closing, yes, it for you and I, we're like, this, this is upsetting. This is right. whatever. But did we adjust the first time? Yeah. Could we adjust long-term? Definitely. I mean, we could move it on and, and the industry ha has, there's a bunch of people have moved into the space and have created a bunch of better solutions for people. If this is going to be something that moves long-term where we have to work out at home or work right. out, um, you know, outside or, or whatever it is. So I think people are going to have to realize this is not something where there's an end date where like two or three months from now, like, Oh, if I could just hang on a little longer, if I could hang on a little longer, no, you need to make the changes. And if you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel of any possible way that you're going to be able to break even or make money in this business anymore shift out and, and go somewhere else. I know that's not our normal, I guess, suggestion, but I think it's the reality today is that there's just some things that are fundamentally different in the world and you're gonna have to make the changes. If not, you're gonna have a hard life trying to fight that wave for, for a long period of time. You look at what they're doing like in San Diego County, right? I think there's a, a series of eight or 10 gyms that kind of got together and, and filing a lawsuit against the state because what, what the state has, um, essentially put on these businesses is you need to be COVID compliant. And I think the gyms are saying, well, it's expensive, right? It, it's, there's a large investment from the gyms in that county to make their gym uh, compliant, which means maybe limiting the number of members that can come in at a time. At that point, members are like, well, if I can't go, I'm not paying my membership fees anymore. So not only do you have to install and put on these 
you know, certain things to make sure that you're compliant. You have to limit the number of, of, of patrons in your, your business. So I think it's not even like, you know, if we, if this is a thing, right, we're going to live with COVID and now it's like, okay, well, we can't shut down again, but let's, let's say we need to have some of these compliance things, um, you know, put into local businesses. For instance, the local, local grocery store here, Hy-Vee that we work with, they installed a cart sanitizer. Like the carts have to go through the sanitization station. It's, it's like a, it's like a car wash for carts. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, hy can afford it, but I mean, you know, something of that, not everybody has the pockets of hy So if some of these other smaller businesses are like, okay, maybe a mask isn't enough. Like what else can we do? I think it's not going to just impact our space, but if you're limiting to the number of patrons in every business, which it still is, but if it's even it's rolled back even more to the point where it's not a shutdown, um, I think it can squeeze a lot of businesses. But back to the lawsuit, like that's again a direct uh, impact or a direct extension of COVID is these compliance things in which those gyms too, although they can stay open, it's expensive to stay open. So um, whether or not they win that lawsuit, I think is another thing. I know Lou Erdell, who's been a huge sort of face in that space, Metroflex, Oceanside, also running for mayor, um, has been very vocal about it. You know, and we and we talk about the American dream and everybody has the opportunity at American dream. Well, if your American dream was to run a gym, um, that maybe was just taken away from you because of a pandemic. But to Josh's point earlier in the show, like we've gone through the swine flu, we've gone through a series of different flus. Like, I mean, there was polio back in the day, like these different things happen all the time. And I think COVID is probably the biggest pandemic in my lifetime. Uh, swine flu was pretty big too, but like COVID I think is because the media, um, but I don't think it's gonna be the biggest. I think you're, to your point, like 20 years from now, who knows what comes out of it? I mean, who knows if we're around, around as, a, as, a, as a world in 20 years. But, um, you know, it's just these things like it's a, it's a revolving circle and it sucks. And it sucks for us because we're in this space and we like this industry. But unless you are willing to change the way you do business or even change your business altogether, you might, you might have to bite the bullet and just say goodbye. I want to stress that when I was making a lot of those points, I – I'm not saying that that's right. Like, right. I don't think somebody should have to give up their dream. I don't think that governments should have any part in to say what's essential and what's not essential. I think the market does that. It's not right. the government's job to do that. Um, what I'll say is that you, you made a point around Hy-Vee and how you know they have the capital to do those things. It's not that they have the capital to do those things. It's that they have the trust of the customer to be able to pass some of that on to them. So they know, like... Your, your grocery bill is maybe 2 or 3% more than what it has been because Hy-Vee has to pay these extra costs. Mm-hmm. You're okay with that because you've shopped with them for so long. You know you trust them. You trust the shopping experience. You understand what they're going through, and you continue to shop with them because you know they you want to keep them around. Right. Now, in the case of you know maybe some of these gyms or whatever we're talking about, they have not put in the time with their customers to have that relationship. They're a transactional business. And at this point, they have nothing to really lean on anymore. The, the government has told them you have to do X, Y, Z to stay open. They know if they if they charge their consumers more, they're going to leave because they don't have any relationship to hang their hat on. Right. They don't have anything to say like, hey, guys, I'm in a bad position. You guys understand what's going through. I'm going to make sure that you guys are in the most safest conditions possible because I know that health and fitness is important to you. And I need to do these things, but it's going to cost you a dollar more a month in your membership and you have to trust that people are going to stay with you um, at least enough to pay for that and stay open the problem is a lot of them are not doing that so when i'm a little bit insensitive sometimes to like 
business is closing or, or things like that. It's because I am mentioning that a lot of them just haven't done any of the work over the last decade or years of their business that like they probably don't even deserve to be a business owner. Right. I know that's going to sound harsh, but like really you are letting the business run you. You're not running the business. So mm -hmm. it's one of these things where you are bound to close anyways. Um, it just so happened that, you know, an external shock is going to be the one that doesn't. And that's unfortunate because it's not necessarily all your fault. Maybe you would have had more runway to figure it out, but more times than not, it's because people haven't put in the time or the work to actually be a true entrepreneur. It's more like a wantrepreneur. Yeah, I think I would argue too in the, in the, in the facts of gyms, a smaller gym has a higher, high, higher likelihood of success during these times than a big chain of gym because there is that sense of community. There is that sense of connection. For instance, my gym here, Los Campiones, during the the shutdown, when they were shut down for four months, like they sent out an email and the communication through their Facebook pages and just announcing like, hey, we're not going to charge you your full month's you know, fees because that's not right. We're going to do a, a $5 a month just maintenance fee. Um, and the amount of people that came out and commented online saying, no, no, please charge me the full amount. Like we want you to stay open because they've built that sense of community and, and people want to support that. You know, that all these people were coming out saying, no, please charge me the full amount. Now, that could happen during this. Or if, to your point, like, hey, we need to charge five bucks more a month because we need to pay for these new sanitization stations. Or, you know, we have to have this company come in twice a month and do a full sanitize of the, the facility. People should understand that. But, if you again, if you don't have that communication, like a, a, a fitness, I don't even know, what's, or like a crunch fitness, I think, is, is a big one out in the East Coast. I think they're starting to come here in Minneapolis. Um, you know, if there's like, hey, we're, you know, all of a sudden you see a $10 charge a month on your bill and with no explanation, you might be apt to be like, I'm going to leave and go pay somewhere else. But, um, you know, that's why I don't know how much COVID had impact on Gold's Gym. Bankruptcy, I think Gold's Gym was actually struggling prior to even COVID. And COVID was kind of like the, you know, push you over the cliff thing. But in certain circumstances like that, these big gyms just didn't didn't do what they were supposed to do or they didn't build a sense of community, a lifetime fitness and things of that nature. So I think even if you're a big a big business, um, this is an opportunity for you to still – I mean, you can be a big business and create a sense of community. There's no no reason you can't. I mean, there are plenty of big businesses out there that create a sense of community. Um, it, it, but it comes down to communication, I think, is the biggest thing. And But at the end of the day, like, if we are strapped for cash as a society, we're going to have to start cutting certain things out of our life. And unfortunately, I think like supplements and, you know, gyms might be on top of that list because for whatever reason, for whatever reason, we don't want to cut out an $80 a month cell phone bill, a $60 a month cable bill, um, you know, those, those, those Frappuccinos from Starbucks. Like we won't do that, but we'll cut the things that should matter most, which is unfortunately going to come down to where we play in this industry. I want to shift a little bit towards, because we're talking a lot around death and, um, there's a flip side to that because every time there's there's death in terms of business, there's life um, because people adapt and people realize that there's new realities around them and they want to make businesses around that. And I actually saw some statistics uh, both from the U.S. and the U.K. The U.K., I think there was 85,000 new businesses, net new businesses that opened this year. Um, most of those probably you know in different digital senses or or you know single entrepreneurs or things like that, but that's the start of new life. That's the start right. of people seeing opportunities in the market. It's not that they're scared. They're just seeing new opportunities and they're starting those things. Similarly, in the U.S., um, the last numbers I looked at was up 16% um, in terms of new business applications for um, from the tax uh, revenue department. Right. So it's one of those things where 
again, people are seeing opportunities out there. Are they the same opportunities that our parents saw or maybe when we first started in uh, adulthood? No, it's totally different. But that's how things go. That's how you know things get rewashed and they get moving forward. And eventually those will go out of style and we'll have to start new ones. And that's how it goes. Uh, but I think people are seeing that there's a ton of opportunity here because when there's massive changes in the market, that's where opportunities shine the most because people are shifting towards behaviors that are probably three, four, five years in advance. And because of that, you look at and you go, I can service those people. I know how to deal with what they're looking for. And all of a sudden, you're the next you know, millionaire or whatever it is. So there's a ton of opportunities. It's just that unfortunately, some people have to perish for other people to um, do really well. And, and that's maybe you know, that's the American dream in a sense. And it was that you take on a lot of risk. I think people during this time need to realize that maybe the last 11 years before 2020 was really great. Most people were doing really well. There was not a lot of risk on there because we were in a long-term um, you know, up cycle. But now you realize as an entrepreneur, you took on a lot of risk. There, the risk is that you're not guaranteed tomorrow in your business. Um, Again, maybe the government is in the wrong, and I totally agree. I don't think they should deem who's essential or not. But even if they deemed everybody essential, would a consumer still walk in the door and shop with you? That's the question. Right. A lot of people are seeing that now because a lot of states are opening back up, and people are still struggling because people are not walking in the door to your a business establishment, be that a supplement store, be that a gym, be that a clothing store, be that whatever – you're seeing that the consumer is making the decision to now adjust their behavior and you're not anywhere in the cross section of that behavior. So regardless, now you're, you're on the outsides. You yep. need to make the adjustments. And if you can't make the adjustments, we go back to that statement of maybe it's not for you anymore. Maybe this game's outside of your um, understanding now. It's amazing. We always talk about changing consumer behavior and actually how hard it is to do that. Like when, when you have a learned behavior to change that, it's tough, and it takes a lot of effort, and it takes a lot of money to do that. But COVID changed a ton of consumer behavior, and and, and a lot of it had to deal with, like, um, obviously the depiction of COVID and the media engagement in COVID, and you can call it scare tactics. I mean, I've, I think I've seen you use that before. I've used it before. But even, like, using my daughter's daycare, for instance. Like, that daycare had, a, like, an all-time high enrollment during COVID, it stayed open. The government here in Minnesota said it's, you know, we want daycares to stay open. They stayed open. The numbers tanked because parents were scared to take their kids to daycare. Now that we're kind of coming out of this, the numbers are still not where they need to be. They're like half of what they were. So in this case, like the consumer behavior is with now the work environment, a lot of employers are saying like, hey, we understand this work-life balance. Like it's okay that, you know, you work from home and watch your kid. Like they're, I think, I can't remember what, what, uh, employer was, but they gave additional vacation time to stay at home and watch their kids, and they're they're starting to write that into their HR policies because this whole thing has changed the way that we operate as a country. So not only are employers changing some of their HR policies to allow parents to be at home with their kids, which then impacts the daycare space. It's the same as like some people are still scared to go into a gym; they don't want to go into a gym. Or during the gym lockdown, people like me built a home gym, and it's convenient. And and companies like Rogue um, and you know. Arsenal Strength and all these different companies, like they benefited from from COVID because people purchased all this stuff. That now those gyms, it's not that it's not that we don't want to go to the gym. It's just that we have it right down in my basement now, so there's no need to go. And um, you know, dietary supplements. I think people are still going to try to consume 
that type of stuff. But now it's all, you know, going to Amazon, going to direct to consumers, so going into a supplement store prior to COVID was like pulling teeth for a lot of people. But now it's even more so because it's like, you know, and, and same thing with like going out to eat. I still enjoy going out to eat. Like when we can go, it's nice to get out of the house. But I, I've never used DoorDash more than I have in my entire life. And now that we can actually go to restaurants, I'm still using DoorDash because it's convenient and it's nice and it's, it works for me. So um, the pandemic has altered consumer behavior in so many ways. And if you're a business that, you know, did extremely well based on one set of standards that the consumer behavior was, and that's changed, then you need to change with the consumer. And I can't tell you how to do that. I don't, if you're a gym, like a home gym, I don't know how that, I, I, right now I couldn't do it. This is a good, good opportunity for you to call Josh Shaw, hire him as a consultant and, and have him tell you what to do. But as we finish this podcast, Josh, I want to ask, ask you a question from, from your personal standpoint, your personal business. If a second lockdown does happen in our country, how does that impact Jay Shaw Consulting in your business? Well, this year has been um, extremely good for my business. So uh, another lockdown would probably just spike it even further and probably put me into a uh, complete manic uh, state of, of not being able to ever take a second of my life off. Uh, so it would uh, potentially uh, break me, I guess, is this probably in a personal sense, um, in a good way, because obviously I choose choose this life and I choose to do what I do. I love it. and But it's been something where people are looking for answers. Um, it just so happens that a lot of time it seems like I have maybe some of them, not to say that I could see the future, but it's a lot of times I'm looking and I've leaned forward for so long that a lot of these things that are happening – I've been talking about over the last couple of years. I've been kind of mentioning that in a couple of years, these things are going to come. I didn't know that obviously a pandemic was going to happen and moved everything two or three years forward in a, in a matter of a couple of weeks. But, you know, some of these things were already happening. So for me, I've been thinking about this and how do I, you know, move businesses to, to do that or not, especially in our supplement industry. I think, you know, the industry as a whole had the best growth rate in 20 years. Um, now, this is the overall supplement category as a global supplement category. Now, within the sports nutrition category, there were some, we've talked about this before, some subcategories that did not do as well because they were tied to certain behaviors or whatever. But overall, the industry comparative to other industries did extremely well. So if you were utilizing an excuse and saying, we're in trouble because of COVID, I have a little bit of trouble with that sometimes because I'm like, the industry did great. Now you weren't positioned well for that. That is some, maybe a reason because you didn't want to, or you fought against it or whatever like that. But um, there are a lot of businesses that are having their best year ever that are having by far, you know, the, their best outlook possible because they were in that area of, of growth. So I think for me, rolling this back into my business, it's like, it helpful because I'm I'm looking to always press the gas on the businesses I work with and people know like if they want to get really uncomfortable give me a call because I'm I'm gonna take you out of your your comfort zone and move you into a space where um, you're gonna perform really well regardless of what's kind of happening so I'm I never say that you know anything is is good when other people are struggling I've I've not really taken the personal stance of of even talking about it other than a few times on the podcast cuz you ask but um yeah these when when bad things are kind of going on it, it seems like people are looking for people that have strategic uh brains I like it yeah and the same thing with me I mean on the FI side we did fine I mean it's 
brands are still working and doing things on the Fitbitter side. We did great. I mean, people are obviously are looking for more healthy alternatives. So uh, I don't want a second lockdown by any means. I don't. But I think I'm set up. I think you're set up. And I, and I hope people listening to this are set up, too, because is it going to happen? I don't know. Could it happen? You're goddamn right it could happen. It could definitely happen. It could happen soon. Uh, but, and, and, and like I said, this week is a big week in our country. It's a big week because we, we know what the UK is doing. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be interesting to hear what your thoughts are if you listen to this or watching this podcast. Like if a second lockdown happens and you're a brand owner, are you set up for it? Are you ready to go? Are you ready to take it on round two? Um, and if not, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to self-admit that they're not ready. <laughs> I hope that yeah. people are ready. I mean, they've had plenty of time to do so. But if you like the podcast, hit the subscribe button over on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify. Write us a review. It helps out the algorithm. Follow us at Two Guys One Shaker Cup on Facebook, Instagram, at Jay Shaw Consulting, at Fitness Informant. Uh, Josh, I cannot wait for your inauguration day because I did write in Joshua Shaw for president in 2020. Podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.